Do you kids want to come sit down here? I feel more comfortable if you did. Y'all come on down here. $5 a kid. Y'all come on down. If you're a kid at heart, you can sit on the floor too. I grew up under the ministry of Dr. Kurt Neely. He's the greatest kid storyteller I've ever heard. I, I was telling someone yesterday, I can tell where somebody is in their walk with the Father based on how they interact with kids. I've never seen anyone uh, be really intimate with the Father. It's not great with kids. Jesus loved kids. All right, kids, y'all take notes now. This is going to be pretty good. You ready? When I was five years old, how many five-year-olds do I have in here? If you're five, raise your hand. A few? Bonnie, you're five? Really? I didn't know that. Abby, you're five? Really? A couple of five-year-olds. When I was five years old, I went through, th- I went through something really, really hard. You can put your hands down now. You learn that when you're six. When you're six, they're like, you can put it in. Abby, you can put your hand down. You're fine. There you go. Um, I went through something really hard. Y'all look at me for a second. When I was five years old, my hero and my granddaddy, who was like a dad to me, he died and went to heaven. And um, I didn't know what to do with that. And it was really sad. Matter of fact, it's the most sad thing I've ever been through in my life. You know, see, I understand when... When you're a kid, you're, you're going to be surprised. A lot of you are going to remember a lot of stuff when you get older, like me. And there's some really old people in here, Daniel, a lot older than me. You'll remember stuff when you were five, even when you were four. And what I remember about my granddaddy dying is I went and I sat on a rock. Somebody say rock. Say it like you mean it. Say rock. Now, this rock, it wasn't a small rock. It, it was a pretty big rock. Matter of fact, this rock was... It was enormous, and it was at this couple's house named Mrs. Eccles, and this rock was so big, I used to call it the seventh wonder of the seventh world. And I would climb all over this rock. There was a fort up under it. Like, literally, the rock was enormous. Someone say enormous. Anybody know how to spell enormous? Want to take a shot at it? Anybody? See, that's what I'm talking about. There's a silent K on the end of enormous, so it's an enormous rock huge rock. I sat on this rock. This is a crazy story, okay? It's kind of crazy. This sounds kind of charismatic. I had a conversation with Jesus Christ. I was five years old. Now, when I say I had a conversation with Jesus, I literally had a conversation with him. I heard Jesus speak to me about where my granddad was. This is what he told me. He said, your granddad is in heaven, and I'm going to do something big with your life. I never told anyone until I was 15. I did not see Jesus with my eyes. I heard a voice from a man that I knew was Jesus, and he said, your granddad is in heaven. Now, I got to be honest. Before I was five years old, I had never, someone say never, never had the thought of heaven in my life. I didn't know what heaven was. From that point forward, you know what I would do on that same rock? I would sit on that rock, I'd lean back on it, and I would stare up into the clouds. Have you guys ever, like, looked at the sky and thought one day you're going to shoot through the clouds and go to heaven? Daniel said, no, at least you're honest. My nephew's very honest. He's very literal. You remind me of my wife. No, I haven't. I want you all to look at me for a second. Because this seems kind of sad, but it's actually not sad at all. 
There's going to come a day when everybody in this room, all of us, have people at a funeral service that is about us and our lives. At some point, everyone in this room, y'all look around, everybody in this room, everyone in this room at some point will not be on the earth anymore. We're going to be in heaven forever. Now, I haven't talked about heaven in quite a while. Heaven is a long time. Someone say long. Think about how long the any, any South Carolina Gamecock fans in here. Think about how long it's been since South Carolina has won like a huge game. That when I say when I say long, I mean long. Somebody say long. But here's what's fun. Miss Jessica is going to come up here right now. And let me tell you something. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Not only is that not a sad thing, it is a very happy thing. I want you to repeat this after me as Jess comes up. You ready? Eternity, Eternity. is a long time. And that's a good thing. Let me just give you a little snippet of how long eternity really is. Now, I'm going to need a helper. Oh, goodness. Hold on. I can only choose one. Eleanor, come on up. Because you got those sparkly shoes on. And everybody knows I really like sparkly shoes. <laughs> okay. Now, do you see this long rope? This is time. Okay. So can you hold this? I'm going to keep pulling. I'm not really sure which side this is on. I'm going to keep pulling. If you notice anything that changes about time, you let me know. Okay. Okay. Keep pulling. Keep pulling. Yep. Keep pulling. Man, this is a long time. This is like a second. Okay. Let's see. Yep. That's about a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Thousand, 10,000. You haven't noticed anything different yet? Just keeps going? Okay, let's keep going. Y'all help her look, okay? She might be needing some glasses. Okay, let me know if you see anything different. Uh-oh, we got a little knot in time. Okay, there we go. <laughs> a wrinkle in time. This is a special promo for... <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. Come on, speed up. Go, 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 go. Oh, you got the wrong rope. She's getting confused. The end or the beginning. There is no end or beginning. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Okay, good. You caught up. Tell me now. Don't miss it. Y'all yell if you see anything different. Well, now what do we have here? Do y'all know what this is? All of this is time. This is Genesis. So what happened in Genesis. The beginning of what? Because the beginning somewhere that we can't see. This is Genesis. What happened in Genesis? The Lord did what? Created. Okay, so we've got Genesis. Oh, this is Revelation. When Christ comes back. So this is all time. Thank you, Eleanor. You did a great job spotting for me. So... This is all of time. Some of us may know it by the word eternity. This is Genesis Revelation. Let me just hurry up and get to the end of this. Oh, wait. Eternity doesn't end. This right here is Genesis when the world was created. There was something about Egypt. There's a, a big boat, you know, Egypt. Um, Let's see a whole bunch of other good stuff. Joshua came along. 
Um, Oh, God was silent for a long time, but don't worry because then Mary got pregnant. Jesus was born. He lived, he did a lot of miracles. And then somewhere around here is your life probably. Maybe you can't, like not even my fingernail is small enough to point to it. Here's the point. At any point in history, God could have looked at this and said, wow, they really know how to make a mess of things. Raise your hand if you're really good at making a mess. And if your hand is not raised, we have a healing ministry. Please come on Monday. Um, At any point in history, you can read any point of the Bible. You can read any history book about any country at any point. You can read the newspaper tomorrow. You will see that we're really good at making a mess out of things. So at any point in this red part of time, God had plenty of reasons to say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we've really got this whole perfect thing going on really great. Because see, heaven existed in eternity long before this red little dot. We have eternity and heaven existed. So they were, they were perfect in heaven, therefore heaven was perfect. So they didn't really... If they would have looked at this, they probably said not worth it. But they didn't decide to create the earth or to send Jesus on the cross because of what they saw here. It's because of what they saw all this time after it. And God said, well, I certainly don't want to spend eternity without them. I certainly don't want eternity without justice. I have some really amazing things that me and justice are going to do together. I certainly don't want to spend eternity without all of my people because eternity is so much longer than this little red dash. As a matter of fact, Jesus said on the cross, this is, this is what I'm not dying for this. I'm dying for all of this. So bring it on, Satan. I got a much bigger agenda than you. And so today, this is what Pastor Chad is trying to help us understand, is that we get so sucked into what's going to happen between here and here. And we begin idolizing this little teeny dash of red. What about, what about my new kitchen? That The Lord told me that if I moved into this house, that he was going to re- renovate my kitchen. When are we going to do that if we don't do this with our money? When are we going to do this? When are we going to say for our children to go to college? When am I going to get that new toy that I want? When, 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 when? And we start idolizing time instead of living from eternity. So that's what we're learning about from Pastor Chad. And he's going to come right back up. And he's going to talk to about what in the world all this has to do with first fruits. What I want you to do, what I want you to do is if y'all could go sit with your parents, your guardians, and I'm going to wrap this sermon up over the next couple hours, okay? I'll get to you in a second. I'll come to you. A, a friend of mine is, is here today. His name is Christian. He's a tattoo artist. And uh, 
I had a friend this week ask me, he said, will you ever get a tattoo? I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm cool enough for a tattoo. You have to be like artistic, can write a poem or a song or something to get a tattoo. I'm not very creative. And they said, well, if you got a tattoo, what would it be? And the first thing that came to my mind is if I got a tattoo, I would get driven by eternity written right here. I don't do this. I know that voice. I don't see him, but I know that voice. I know Ryan Harmoning's voice. I don't do this often, and I need to do it more. The Father's been telling me to share more and more about what I'm currently reading. I double-dog dare you to go listen to a free sermon online today on YouTube called Driven by Eternity by John Bevere. Do it today. It's 46 minutes. It'll cost you nothing. It'll change your life. Do you understand that at some point all of us are going, I've always known this. Since I was a kid, I knew it, but now I'm just, I've been reading a lot of stuff recently on the afterlife. Randy Alcorn's got a book that thick called Heaven. Do you know what we do on the, on the red tape part down here? Where is it? What we do down here actually affects there. Not, not what he did at Calvary, what we do with our life. Let's show Dr. King's epitaph, Gary. Most people, when they look at the dash between the dates when you're born and when you die, most people ask the question, what did I do with the time I was given? That dash between those two dates represents the time that one man was given. So you hear a lot of motivational speeches that say, what did you do with your dash? I want my dash to count, and I love that. I'm all about it. But there's another line that should be on epitaphs, and that's, this dash, and it never ends. Every dime I sow into the kingdom has eternal rewards in the eternal dash. I was teaching recently of why my wife and I saved ourselves in purity before we got married and why both of us gave, both of us gave each other that gift on our wedding night. Why? Not what? Why? I've been driven by eternity my entire life. Do you understand that he loves us all? He loves us. But do you understand there's rewards based upon not all the great things I've done with my life down here, how obedient I was to what he asked me to do. When it comes to finances, every dime I sow in out of obedience, when sprinkled by faith, does not just bless the other 90% down here. It impacts eternity. I mean, I'm, I'm going to die at some point. I'm going out with a blaze. I'm going to strangle the religious spirit till the day I die. And I'm going out with the bank, but I'm not, I do not live for my dash down here. I never have. When my grandfather died, he was my best friend. I can still smell him when I think about him, his cologne. He was one of those 99 cent cologne people. My dad does that too. He just smells like Walmart. Brutal hard fight. Brute, that's what it was. I almost said musk. Did there used to be a musk? It smells like something that would attract the deer and then you shoot it. I've always known heaven is real. When I read the book, Heaven is for Real, I had an encounter with the Lord in the old building. I had an open vision. I saw the Lord dancing with nine children. They were different ethnicities. And I started crying and a guy behind me that I used to be like a spiritual father to put his hand on me and, and, and prophesied the word I was having while I saw it. Heaven is more real than this realm. It's more real than here. Why do we live for here so much? 
I'm being serious. Like, do you understand that my obedience and the fearing of the Lord I have in my life with my finances and everything else, it actually matters throughout all eternity? Why do we live for the praise of man when you should be living for the praise of the one that might, just might say to me one day, you did a good job, son. I live for the applause of one, the applause that doesn't just hold the red tape. He doesn't just hold this moment in his hands. I don't care if I live to be 120. What is it in comparison to this? There is nothing more powerful than being driven by eternity. You see, it's not the 10% of income that brings the other 90% blessing. It's the faith I put on the 10%. It's my faith on the seed. When I write my seed to Bridgeway every week, I do not. Here's the faith I put on it. I don't just think about the red part. I say, Father, I'm sowing into now and forever. You have all of me. It's the faith I put on it. Start thinking through the lens of eternity. Do you understand right now that you're not just a parent trying to get through paycheck to paycheck? You're raising kids that their eternal destinies and rewards are based upon largely your influence on them. By the way, I'm not talking about do you know where you're going when you die. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about obedience on the earth that is rewarded forever and ever on your own abiding. Read Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. It's fascinating. This message doesn't scare me. It actually ignites me towards obedience. I'm one heartbeat away from being there. You say, well, you're scaring me. Not only does it not scare me, it, it keeps me in a place of sobriety. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to start a, a series, and I'm going to talk about a prophetic word that Andrew Womack gave me 18 years ago to my face. And he said, he started laughing. He said, charismatics are not going to like you. I wasn't even charismatic then. I hadn't received the baptism of the Spirit, and I thought he was some sort of witch. How do you know all this stuff about me? I didn't know what words of knowledge was. I went to seminary, but I stayed away from 1 Corinthians because it got a little bit weird when you talk about praying in tongues. What's that? I'm like, well, bless your little heart. You stay in your world. I'll, I'll stay in mine. He said, you and your wife are a bridge. You have a global destiny, and charismatics are not going to like you. You want to know why? Because charismatics just want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, with no authority. And we have very little regard that our actions down here actually impact us as we stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. I'd rather follow God as is than create a figment of him in my own imagination. Somebody asked me yesterday, we were talking through, I don't have six filters on my internet to keep me from looking at something. You know what my filter is? I'm, I'm being serious. Uh, when I drive past the old Platinum Plus, I'm not tempted to go in there. Well, aren't you just holy? No, I fear the Lord. No. On this fast, I wish I could tell you that I just, uh, I'm so spiritual. I read Charisma Magazine in my leisure. No. I read cookbooks in my leisure. Why even do a fast? Because he told me to. And I'm held accountable for all eternity based on obedience. He says two questions we've got to be asking at all times. Am I building deep friendship with him? And am I being radically obedient to him? Well, why does it matter? Because one day you're not going to be here anymore. Wouldn't you love for him to say, well done. Now step into your reward. Don't live for the red tape. Live for eternity. I'm going to ask our prayer servants to come down. I'm going to finish a little bit early this morning. There's a strong anointing in this room. Um, I'm going to ask our prayer servants to come on down.
and let me release this word. We're in a season right now of consecration at this church. This is what's exciting about that. We're consecrating ourselves because he wants to do something wonderful with us. In the story of Gideon, numbers that are in that regime, they shrink and then they become stronger. What's going to happen is it's already happened. There's going to be some people over the next seven weeks that don't like this message. And the Father will show you a place where you can go that's really not open to this. I'm not budging on this thing. The fear of the Lord is like the backbone of this church, not another encounter. If you think that an encounter with God is going to keep you on the straight and narrow forever, man, go read the book God's Generals, 18 mini biographies of significant leaders in the kingdom of God that had power encounter ministries, 16 of them fell off and ended weird. We need to sober up knowing that he's not trying to control us. What he's trying to do is to get us so connected with him where we literally just bow down before him in honor and say, everything I have is yours, including my finances. I have never been more free in my life, ever in my life. I've never been happier in my life, and I've never feared him more.